This podcast is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. By downloading the Bet365 app, you can access both pre-match and in-play markets, along with instant match updates for all. The Bet365 Bet Builder also allows you to make personalised bets via the app so you can bet on multiple scenarios and create your own bet with unique odds right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sports betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Welcome to On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. Hello there. I'm The Athletic's Norwich City correspondent and every week I will host this Canaries chat with familiar names and Canaries characters. This week it's something a little different. You may have seen over at The Athletic that not so long ago I spoke to Norwich City left back, stroke right back, Sam Byram. Well, with Norwich City enjoying their winter break this weekend, we thought it would be nice to bring you the interview that resulted in my piece. If you still fancy getting in the mood for Liverpool's visit to Carrow Road on Saturday, don't have nightmares, then it's certainly worth listening to the previous edition of the On The Ball podcast with me, Steve Sanders and Ben Mounser. And for ad-free podcasts, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic and listen through the app. You can get a 40% discount now by using the code Norwich Pod. Right, let me uh, take you to the delightful surroundings of Norwich City's Colney training ground and the equally delightful company of Sam Byram, who has just entered the press room with a cup of tea and a winning smile. Enjoy. First of all, I want to know how you're feeling. How is it being at this club and having moved here, made made the decision to, to join Norwich? Is, is it sort of what you thought it would be when you first said yes? Um, yeah, I think... At first, I think I probably already said it, I was a bit hesitant at first. Um, I'd never been to Norwich before. Um, obviously, I didn't know how much game time I would get with, with Max, obviously having a really good um, season last season. And um, for me, off the back of two years of playing very little due to injuries, it was it was the main thing for me to to play football and sort of get that, that feeling back of playing every week mm-hmm. and um, get the confidence and the fitness. Um, and I'll be honest, I didn't have a great deal of options in the summer. Um, there was a few clubs interested, but I, I spoke with um, Stuart and the manager um, and everything they said, you know, they sold it to me. Um, you know, the way the club plays football, the way the club's ran, uh, what he's trying to do here. Um, it was everything that I... You know, I thought was the right right thing for me at, at this this stage. Um, and since I've been here, it's been nothing but you know positivity. Um, training's been great. Obviously, I've had a, a good run in the team now, which um, you know I feel like I'm benefiting from. I'm I'm gaining fitness, and um, you know it's apart from the position in the league. You know, everything else is is going really well. What sort of stuff did Stuart say then? Because in terms of both fullbacks, basically Norwich had two. And they still have got two yeah. really promising fullbacks who played so much the season before. I mean, it, it must have been quite a speech to kind of convince you, I suppose. I know the options were short, but still. Yeah, um, well, I'd never really played left back before. Uh, so this okay. is obviously it's, it's new to me. Um, so being honest, again, 
if you'd have asked me before I came, I wouldn't have expected to be playing left back. Um, obviously, I'm delighted to be playing. Um, but with Stuart, he basically just said, um, the manager's very fair. You know, you've got Premier League experience, whereas, you know, Max and Jamal are obviously younger. Um, and he said, it's down to you to get in the team. Um, he said, if, if you believe in your ability and, and we know sort of what you can do, um, he said, it's up to you to work hard and, and push your way into the team. And, and I've always sort of backed my ability and been confident in myself. It was more a case of keeping myself fit. Um and pushing on from there um, and then in terms of going forward you know he'd said what the club was like when he first came and ha- and what they'd done to turn it around and you know the direction they wanted to go um, obviously the style of football is very attractive uh, and then when I spoke with the manager um, he said that wouldn't change you know we wouldn't be coming to to park the bus at, at the teams you know we want to play and we want to implement our style um, and I think the vast majority of the games you can see we're trying to do that and um, I think we've been unfortunate at times and, and not got what we deserve but it's that's the cup throughout of the league and hopefully that'll change Do you kind of recoil at people suggesting that you guys are naive defensively this year? Um, yeah I don't, I don't think it's it's naivety obviously it's, it's a different league and maybe if we were playing how it was now in the championship teams wouldn't punish you as much I think that's the difference it's the quality in the opposition um, I think in in all games we still create enough chances to win matches um, there's just there has been a few times where I think we've maybe switched off or um, especially the second half we've not been as good as, as first half performances but um, you know everything's a learning curve and I do think the last five six matches bar Man United we've definitely improved and um, you know there's still great positivity and um, belief around the place that we can win matches before the end of the season You came up through Leeds didn't you the Leeds system yeah. is that, it, would you consider yourself a Leeds United fan um, it's weird when you, that question <laughs> when you're in football it's hard to really support a team but I'd, I'd say I always sort of keep an eye out for them um, my brother's a massive Leeds fan and all my friends so I have got sort of a um, you know I do like to see them do well yeah. Did that come up quite early in the conversations with Stuart Leeds United? He did bring been... it up yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, said, he said he's a big Leeds Leeds guy yeah. that's, I think that's where he, he knows me from from watching yeah. Leeds and uh, he said he'd, he'd watched my career since since I started so. so how is it now that you have played been playing regularly do you, do you feel on a different level is it different going, going into training because I, I imagine that spell I say you've played more consecutive games as far as I can see in, in, in a condensed period than mm. at any time while you were at West Ham, for yeah. example. Yeah, since I joined West Ham, um, I think three games was the most I'd played in a row, which obviously is a, the football, it's, a, it's not a great record. Um, and it, that was something that, going back to Leeds, when I was playing regularly, I knew that I was comfortable and, you know, you get match fitness, which a lot of people speak about. And it is it's a huge thing. Um, when you're not playing regularly, you, you'll get to sort of the 60, 70 minute stage and you'll be gassed out and um, cramping up and and stuff like that. So for me, that has helped massively, yeah. Um, I still think I've got, you know, things that I can improve on. Obviously, it's a, it's a new position. I know it's still full back, but the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm still sort of learning it and, and enjoying it. That sort of final 20 minutes, you only get... Because you do, you like, doing hours of training and you'll be playing training games and you'll be putting so much effort in. But I guess that 
it's only when you're playing like full 90 minutes in a row that you get that that almost last bit of fit. I'd say at, at most clubs, yeah, I think here is very different because the training on Tuesday and Wednesday, Wednesday is so intense. Mm. And it's when you look at the distances we cover in training, it's it's very similar to a match in midweek. Um, so I think if you're not playing regularly and the training here really does help condition you to fit into into a match. Um, I think when I came in against um, City and Burnley at the start of the season, I hadn't been playing. And I really think the training schedule helped me sort of gain fitness. But I think most other clubs um, who maybe don't train as, as hard and long, um, it is hard to to then build match fitness without playing matches. Yeah, That must be such a fine balance because obviously there were quite a few injury problems in the, mm. in the start of the season, but they, I guess they weren't necessarily from training loads and things like that it was, it was sort of more contacts yeah in my opinion no, I think if anything for me it's helped me um, you know it's you see clubs where you don't really do many sprints throughout the week and then you're expected to go on a match day and do 10 50 yard sprints uh, a lot of training sort of short stuff and then you're not conditioned for a match day so I think what we're doing definitely helps I, th- I think it was very unlucky to have that many um, injuries when you look at Zimbos was a tackle Tim was his knee and obviously a lot of them were um, weren't a, sort of avoidable or due to training well, if you look back at your time at, at West Ham because I guess in terms of injuries that was the worst of, of your career yeah. so far I mean can you or, or what goes through your head when you think about I suppose that time now and now it was um, would you try and block it out yeah, it's a weird one. So I think the whole experience of of moving, I think it was the right time for me to move. Uh, I, I, I never regret Leeds. Yeah, I never regret the move. When I was at Leeds, it, it was kind of, we were a mid-tail team. Um, I think my last season, I had six or seven managers in one season and we weren't playing great football and the chance to go and play in the Premiership. So I, I obviously jumped at the opportunity. Um had you almost had the chance to go to Everton before that as well? Or it was the same time. It was, the same it was, time it was Everton it was the and, choice, and yeah. West Ham, yeah. Um, and obviously at the time, Seamus Coleman was probably in the form of his life and I thought, I want to go and have a chance of playing. Um, so I chose West Ham. Um, and the first six months, it was so stop start. I, I had eight yellow cards in the championship and then when I went, I got two. So I had a two-game ban. Came back into the team, got concussion... And it was kind of in, out, in, out. And then the next two seasons after that was, I had three big injuries, which, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, unless you've experienced it, you know, there's players that will go through the career and they'll never have a long-term injury or it's something that it's hard to explain. You feel, you feel like you're not in your, within your right to moan because you're still getting paid, but you're getting paid to just, sit around and do nothing you kind of feel sort of like a almost a sense of worthlessness you can't give anything um people from the outside it kind of oh he's always injured what's he doing that sort of thing so you get pressure from everywhere and I think you can go two ways you can either learn from it and and sort of deal with it or you know it can um it can be a negative effect on you and I think for me, I've learned from the process. Obviously, my, my knee injury was the longest I had. Um, and I took time away from football to sort of enjoy other things, take my mind off it sort of thing. Um, and now, yeah, for me, for me to be playing 
every week and keeping myself fit. You know, I'm really enjoying it at the minute. Which was the which was the knee injury out of the three? Was that the I should know. Sorry, off the, the top of the hoops, is that the third? Or yeah, the, the most recent. So that I mean, at that point, it would probably I would imagine would be the point where you'd be most despondent because you've already had yeah. two, and, and then it's a really serious one. Yeah, and uh, I went for scans originally, and they told me, oh, it's probably only going to be sort of six, seven weeks, which was long, but I thought oh, I've I've gotten away with it, and then sent the scans to another surgeon, and he had some 3D scanner, and he said, oh no, it's, it's a lot longer, and I think I ended up. It was around eight months, um, which it, it was very tough. The first, the first six weeks, I was basically just sat in my bed on a machine that bent my knee six hours a day. I was just sort of keeping it moving. Wow. So that's probably the lowest part of of my career when you just everything's negative. Negative. Um, I was lucky at the time. I had my brother and my friend living with me, um, who managed to sort of keep me in good spirits and yeah. stuff. Um, and I'd say I'm quite a positive person. I always think, you know, it could be a lot worse. You look at other players who've had to retire for injury or, um, you know, they've been out with an ACL comeback and then done the same thing. And I think that's the way you've got to look at it. You think it's, it's happened now. All I can do is is sort of try and improve, try and, try and use the time to sort of develop other things. I went in the gym quite a bit, um, just stuff like that. And I think if... if, if you sort of just have to, yeah, deal with it kind of thing. What, what, what do you do when you're on this machine for six hours? Like, what, what else is going on? I mean, that, every day uh, for six weeks. Watching TV or playing on the Xbox, it's <laughs> not a great deal to do. Um, it, it was mind-numbing. So but, which TV show did you become really acquainted with in that time? Um, Sons of Anarchy. Okay. I watched the whole series, about eight yeah. series of that. Um what else did I watch? It's basically just Netflix. Got through everything, <laughs> everything on Netflix. <laughs> and in terms of you saying that you found ways to get away from football, and, and I guess there were other interests. I mean, what what did you discover? Any things to to preoccupy um, then, or what does Sam Byram like when he's not a footballer? <laughs> it's a random one, but I bought a uh, it's like a keyboard piano and learnt how to play the keyboard piano. Fantastic. <laughs> Pretty much the piano, yeah. Uh, just stuff like that. Um, what would be your go to songs then at this point? Um, Can you do you still play now? On and off, yeah. I don't know the names of any songs. I just sort of went on YouTube, found some, and there's like tutorials and stuff. Okay. Um, so I can't read music or anything, no. but like sort of from memory. Um, I ended up as well because I I didn't want to put weight on for the first um, six or seven weeks. I hired a wheelchair. And in my the, in my apartment building, there's like a long corridor. So I had like twenty minutes a day, I'd just wheel up and down, and it's unbelievable like how hard a wheelchair is. It made me appreciate people who are in a wheelchair to get around in them. Um, so stuff like that, just trying to keep myself busy. Um, read books, just anything that I could to try and keep my mind occupied and. Yeah, and it obviously worked. <laughs> so that's a good thing. And yeah, how difficult is that with the, with the people outside? As you say, kind of making assume, assumptions, I guess, over over your fitness. I mean, there must there'll obviously be a bit now of showing that you can play and, yeah. and play regularly. That I'm sure you're not lost on the fact of what that says to other people. It's tough, yeah. So I try not to let what other people say bother me. Um, because you're not on most social media, right? I think. I think in, I've got Twitter, but I never go on it. Um, rarely sort of interact that much. Um, I think when, because it's not a case of their people criticizing your ability. It's more 
that you're not actually competent to to play and train you can't you're always injured or that's the for me the worst one and you know there's other players that go through it um a few at West Ham but I think like anything you can let it bother you or use it to sort of fuel your your hunger and um you know kick on and, and hopefully I can keep myself fit for the rest of the season yeah absolutely Now, please allow me to interrupt both Sam Byram and myself to tell you that this athletic podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic, fill in a style quiz and tell us about your personal style, budget, size and shape and your clothing needs and wants. A personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing, each hand-picked especially for you from our selection of hundreds of brands, including established names and -and up-and-coming designers. Try on everything at home and style with other items in your wardrobe. You can then pay for what you love and send back the rest. For your stylist's time, you pay a charge of just £10, which is deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy. Remember, you try before you buy, delivery and returns are free both ways, and you don't need a subscription to sign up. Get started with Stitch Fix today and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk slash athletic right now. That's s-t-i-t-c-h-f-i-x dot co dot uk forward slash athletic now where were we sam i obviously know all the cliches about what this club is like but um how have you found it it's because it's obviously this family club we all know where we are and things right what what does it feel like to be a player at norris city having having been at clubs like leeds and west ham i think coming from leeds and west ham um like you say it makes it seem even more sort of friendly (laughs) uh, without yeah. Uh, so obviously, I think the West Ham fans they can be quite hostile and um, sort of coming to a city like Norwich where everyone seems so friendly and um, obviously London's got its reputation for everyone sort of keeping themselves to themselves and um, for me, like you say, the the family sort of feel to the club it is what you expect. Um, everyone in the training grounds really nice fans. I've never had a problem with any fan since I've been here. Um, and for me, it's just, yeah, it's a really, really nice place. Has, football. Yeah. Has has anything happened here that, that to you since you've been here with either, I don't know, people who work at the club or outside where you just thought, well, that wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened at West Ham or Leeds? I'll tell you what they've got here. They've got a um, group chat for all the sort of wives and girlfriends and they really went out the way to sort of invite my girlfriend in to sort of get involved, which um, she doesn't live in Norwich, but I thought, you know that was really nice um you know we had a good uh sort of christmas do where everyone was sort of really together and um i do think it is a really good club yeah buzz was that the one you were dressed as buzz light here for was, yeah. yeah why why buzz um this is the only question i've i'm here for to be honest i want to know why buzz i don't know every year i spend ages looking for sort of an outfit and uh, i ordered that one and um Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean and it wasn't the best costume so Buzz Lightyear got the nod. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. And again, this is also at Leeds, I suppose. The expectation around those clubs is very different and I suppose it's a it's a tricky thing here, isn't it? To, to have a warm, friendly club where everyone wants to be here and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
but also having the drive and determination to succeed because you at somewhere like West Ham almost the expectation is kind of outstrips where it probably should be that's my opinion yeah um no I think you're right um obviously the last few seasons at West Ham other than the one where um we finished in the the Europa League um like you say I think the fans have got such high expectation it's the same at Leeds um obviously how well they've done in the in history um I think they're always expected to be fighting for promotion. Um, even now, I think you see the the expectation on them to get promoted in last year when it didn't happen. Um, and I think with Norwich, newly promoted team, you know, we've not spent a great deal of money. Obviously, everyone wants to stay in the league. That That's the goal. But I don't feel like there's an expectation like you should do. And if not, then it's a failure. Um a team like Aston Villa who spent 130 million um i think their pressure at that club is a lot higher than it is here mm. um and i think sometimes that can help you in a, in a sense of um you know you can stay relaxed and not uh, complacent but you know you can sort of play the football that you want to play without having that pressure could you could you feel and sense that weight at the other two clubs not even on you but on maybe when you were watching your teammates or in the dressing room i think Definitely at West Ham, um, you know, even if we if we'd played well or we'd we'd won the game, this, this there was almost that expectation that we should be beating everyone sort of two or three nil. Um, if you lost a few games in a row, it could turn really toxic there, which was something that I was surprised at. Sort of when I was there, how um, sort of hostile it could be. Mm. Uh, Leeds, I think when I was there, we weren't doing too well. The crowd wasn't. I think it was. There was about eighteen, nineteen thousand there, so it was kind of, I think people were not as expectant as they are now. Um, I think now, for the players that are playing there now, t- sort of the top two, there, um, anything but promotion is going to be a failure. So I think the pressure on them now will be very high. But when I was there, it wasn't too bad. I do want to just touch on Leeds because that seemed quite lively at around the time you're leaving and. Um, Someone mentioned I should ask you about being asked to take a pay cut while you're at Leeds. I mean, because um, Massimo Cellino kind of appeared to kind of throw you under the bus a little bit in those last few times. And there was obviously a lot going on behind the scenes. Yeah. um, To be fair to him, when it, it, to Massimo, when it came down to um, him letting me leave, he was very sort of um, respectable and um, went about it the right way. But you know the the years before we'd had a few run-ins and um you know there's lots of stories that I could say but I, I won't go into it <laughs> um yeah uh but like I said my last season I went through about eight managers um which kind of shows how um tough that season was adapting every other month to a new manager um I think the club's made huge strides to where they are now and I think if you compare it now to when I was there it's you know night and day even how the clubs run, um, their training schedule and everything, what you hear. Um, so I really do hope the best for them because it is a massive club and you know I think they deserve to be back in the Premiership. And is there is there anything you'd say to a young Sam Byram <laughs> that you wish you could have done at the time? I mean, you had quite a lot quite young and obviously I'm not talking about the rewards, but you know, there was a lot of pressure and you know, you were yeah. so highly rated as a as a young player especially. That must be quite difficult to deal with, even at a club still like Leeds, but I think it was a similar case to um, Max and Jamal here that I'd 
not been out on loan. I'd got called up for um, the pre-season tour and done well. And then sort of eight months later, I'd played every game in the league. And it kind of... Um, I'd say my second season was a lot harder because of the expectation. The first season, I was no one had heard of me and I came in and did really well. And then the second season, everyone was thinking, right, well, he should be able to do it again. And obviously, I think the second season for any young player is always the most difficult after making a breakthrough. Um, but, um, yeah, I enjoyed my time there. And I think sort of when you're young, you, you just you just enjoying football. You you made up to be around the first team and, and everything's sort of positive. Beautiful, Sam. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. it. Nice Hope you enjoyed your tea. <laughs> well, there we are. What a lovely bloke. And what a snip at £750,000. Thank you to Sam Byram and to Norwich City. Uh, remember, if you subscribe to The Athletic, then make sure you log on to the website or app two hours after every Norwich City kickoff to discuss all the key topics from the match action. And that includes Norwich's visit from Liverpool on Saturday evening. And as I said at the top of the pod, you can also listen to these podcasts ad-free through the app when you subscribe to The Athletic. But that is it for our On The Ball special this week. The podcast is freely available on your podcast player of choice, so please spread the word. If you would like to get in touch with us, just sling me a tweet or direct message on Twitter at Michael J. Bailey. We will be back next week with a more traditional post-Liverpool edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, never mind the danger. <laughs>